0: Hello, everyone. This is Sky Rice Shell, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Rice Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming Week 3 matchup against the New York Giants. But before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at BetOnline. Based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props, BetOnline is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag, and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bang Barrier Podcast and Believe Podcast Network. Now, I said before the break that we're going to be talking about the Week 3 matchup. So without further ado, let's dive right in. We're going to be talking about the San Francisco 49ers. They take on the New York Giants. And before we do all that, we're going to do what we normally do, which is recap what happened last week for both respective teams. It was—how do I put this for the 49ers? It was a bittersweet victory, I guess, as they were able to beat the New York Jets by double digits. They controlled pretty much the entire way. It was really never in doubt— uh, however, the reason why it's bittersweet, which I'm sure a lot of you know who are listening to this podcast right now at home, are, is the fact that a lot of the San Francisco 49ers best players uh, didn't exactly make it out of the game as they ended up getting injured, which I'll get into in a little bit during the injury report breakdown. But the 49ers ended up covering. Uh, they ended up winning by 18 points. We ended up losing on the, ov- on the uh, under, though, which was a pretty bad beat as the Jets did nothing offensively for pretty much the entire game. And then scored their only touchdown with about two minutes to go in the game. So it was pretty unfortunate. Uh, yeah, they scored a touchdown with exactly a minute 23 to go from 30 yards out. So we were really close to cash in the under there. But we ended up winning with the 49ers, so we ended up chopping. But for uh, the game itself like with the 49ers and the Jets, Garoppolo was great. Uh, he was 14 of 16 for two touchdowns and no picks. Uh, so he looked fantastic. Then Nick Mullins came in after Garoppolo got injured. And he ended up going 8 for 11, had a pretty brutal interception, and he also got sacked twice, so he'll have to do a better job of getting rid of the ball in the future if he is able, if he's going to be the starter and Garoppolo's not able to go. As for the ground game, Mostert had 8 carries for 92 yards. Uh, First carry was an 80-yard touchdown, so he didn't really do anything else with the other 7 carries. And then, unfortunately, he got injured. Uh, Tevin Coleman ended up taking over the starting job then, uh, had 14 carries for 12 yards, which is equivalent to .9 yards per carry. He was terrible. And then he got injured. Uh, He's on IR now, and then taking over after he got injured was Jarek McKinnon, who had three carries for 77 yards, with the main carry being a 3rd-and-31 pitch play that ended up leading to a 55-yard gain. So mostly terrible defense from the Jets there, but he had a 55-yard run, and McKinnon will be the, let's say, bell cow back, so to speak. He'll probably chop it up with Jeff Wilson Jr., assuming that Mostert's not able to go, because Coleman's guaranteed not to play because he's on IR. Now, going through the receiving core. Uh, You have Kendrick Bourne, who was pretty good uh, for receptions, 67 yards. Jordan Reed was fantastic in his spot start in the absence of George Kittle, as he ended up having seven receptions for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Reed always had the talent to be a very solid tight end. He was a very solid tight end with Washington. But unfortunately, he just kept getting injured. And he's had, I'd say, more concussions than I can count on two hands, which isn't exactly a good sign for longevity in his career. But solid backup option. He definitely came in and proved that he still has some talent. At the NFL level. Other than that, though, Coleman had two receptions for 28 yards. He's not going to be playing. Brandon Ayuk made a season debut as he ended up ha- in his uh, professional debut. Actually, as he ended up having two receptions for 21 yards. Relatively quiet. Was on a bit of a snap count, but he uh, will be one of their main receivers going forward. Uh, other than that, nobody else really did anything. Now breaking down the actual defense. Nick Mullins fumbled twice. None of them were recovered by the Jets, but still, uh, two sacks, one reception, two fumbles. Not exactly a great job. But Mullen's also thrown under the fire, thrown into the fire without expecting to play, so I'm expecting to look a little bit sharper with a full week of preparation uh, because the 49ers pretty much know that Garoppolo won't be able to go. As of the 49ers' defense, uh, they only had one sack, which was definitely not great because the Jets' offensive line is underwhelming, uh, putting it uh, mildly. Uh, the main issue there was the fact that you had two injuries to the defensive line in Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas, but I'll get into those in a bit. As for everything else, the Jets did nothing offensively. Uh, they couldn't move the ball. They're arguably the worst team in the entire league. And uh, yeah, other than that, 49ers ended up going 1-1. One and one. However, they still are in last place right now, uh, even though they have uh, split the first two games, as every other team in the NFC West is 2-0. So that's definitely not a good sign, especially with all the injuries 49ers have to deal with. But switching gears, talking about the Giants here. Uh, we're going to be looking at the Giants game against the Bears last weekend, and they ended up losing to 10, uh, 13-17, 10, I should say. Uh, they were down 17-0 and then, had, and then ended up scoring 13 answer points. They had the ball roughly at the 20-yard line or so on the final play of the game, and they were not able to get into the end zone, so they ended up falling a little bit short. As for the Giants, though, they are 0-2. Uh, Daniel Jones continues to have issues with regard to turning the ball over. He had one reception, one fumble, lost, and he also got sacked four times, so I can't fully blame him for that because the offensive line for the Giants, despite all the moves they've made with uh, the draft, etc., still not very good, so Jones is still kind of getting beaten up, and you should look at the 49ers' pass rush to potentially get after him. But other than that, though, the main news for the Giants on the injury front was the uh, season-ending ACL injury to Saquon Barkley, star running back, and in his absence, the Giants went out of their way to sign Devontae Freeman, so he will most likely be uh, getting most of the touches, assuming that he's anywhere near game shape. If not, Deion Lewis should be the change of pace third down back who could get more of a role, uh, depending on Coleman's, I'd say, health and his ability to actually have the energy to handle the majority of the carries. As for the receiving core, Evan Ingram was solid, six receptions, 68, uh, 65 yards. Golden Tate was pretty good. He had five receptions, uh, 47 yards. Uh, Slayton was pretty quiet, three receptions, 33 yards after the two-touchdown performance in Week 1. Uh, Deion Lewis, of course, the running back, had 36 receiving yards. That's what he's always done in his career. Uh, and uh, the Giants are going to hope that he continues to perform that way because they are a little bit short in terms of playmakers on offense and we will get into some of the other stuff involving the injuries. As for the defense, the Giants did record four sacks impressively against Mitch Trubisky, uh, so that is a good sign for them moving forward, uh, especially as the Giants had issues generating pressure last year. So four sacks in one game is definitely solid. But then again, it was also against Mitch Trubisky, and the Chicago Bears, so you kind of have to treat that with a grain of salt. But for the game, I went through the breakdowns instead of actually talking about the line to start off with. We're going to be looking at the line right now. The 49ers, this one has come down. It opened up at 6.5, currently down to 3.5, a time recording of 5.10 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. Now, the 49ers are 3.5-point favorites, and the over-under has gone down. It opened up at 42.5, down to 42 Mostly 41 in some spots, but I do see 42 available, so that's the one I'm going to be using. Uh, For the game itself, though, time to break down the injuries as both teams are... uh, Yeah, it's kind of a wasteland game uh, going on between both teams. First of all, the 49ers, I already covered the injuries to Garoppolo, to Tevin Coleman, to Raheem Mostert. I didn't even mention the injuries. You had Bosa, who's out for the year. Solomon Thomas, who's out for the year. Plus, D Ford's probably not going to play as he's out indefinitely with a back injury. The 49ers are missing a bunch of key pieces offensively and defensively. On the bright side is that uh, George Kittle was able to practice uh, earlier this week, so he should be able to play in this game, which is important because he is arguably the best tight end in the entire league. Is it going to help with the fact that their defensive line is now completely injured and the fact that the offense now is a backup quarterback and a backup backup running back? No, but, you know, you got to do whatever you can with it. And the Giants are, I'd say, a pretty good candidate to... Uh, lose this game even though the 49ers are missing a ton of their key pieces because the Giants just aren't very good. And with behind a brand-new head coach and judge, uh, I think it's going to take a little while for them to get going or if it's ever going to get going because right now it doesn't look too good as the Giants' offense has been a disaster so far this season. It looked pretty good, I guess, against the Steelers in the fourth quarter, uh, but that was mostly in garbage time. Uh, But they haven't scored more than 16 points in a single game, so that's not great. Uh, but, oh, well, uh, it's kind of an issue, but to go through the actual, um, Giants injury report, they're also pretty battered on offense as Saquon Barkley's out for the 20 ACL. I mentioned that before. And one of their best receivers, Sterling Shepard has been placed on IR with a toe injury. So he will not be playing in this game, which means that Golden Tate and Darius Slayton should get more touches or more targets, etc. But going through the actual predictions for this game, uh, it's a pretty tough spot. Uh, it's gonna be in New York on the bright side though San Francisco did not have to travel because they did play the last game in New York uh, in um, you know Metallife Stadium, which is technically New Jersey, but you know what I mean. And for that reason, they're playing in the same stadium two weeks in a row, which means that San Francisco did not have to travel back to the West Coast, which is a very good sign. Uh, because they don't have to worry about jet lag, etc., especially after you hear all about that from West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast, etc., and now track record-wise, ATS, they have been very underwhelming in that spot. But I think the 49ers will not have to worry about any of that, because they just stayed over in New York for an extra week, and hopefully that'll help their chances here on Sunday. As for my prediction for this game, though, I will be taking the 49ers minus 3.5, and, and I will be taking the under 41, I mean the under 42, so once again, I'm going to be taking the minus 3.5, which is available at minus 105, as well as the under 42, which is available at minus 105. Now, a couple reasons why I like the 49ers in this spot. First of all, the main reason is coaching. Even though the Giants are technically the healthier team, then uh, the 49ers 49ers still have much more talent overall. I mean, this team is, is the defending runner-ups in the NFL. So even though they are missing a bunch of key pieces, I still think this current court might be better than the Giants, as crazy as that might sound. Uh, The Giants' defense leaves a lot to be desired. I know Jabril Peppers has been very good so far in the season. But overall, this Giants team is just not very good. Offensively, especially without Barkley now, is their bell cow guy. You're going to rely on Devontae Freeman, who hasn't played a game since last year. Uh, Yeah, sure. Good luck with that. Uh, Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. uh, That's also a concern. The receiving core is banged up. The offensive line is not very good. A lot of issues there. The 49ers, I think that Judge is going to struggle. Uh, when it comes to game planning for the rushing attack that Shannon has because of that very underwhelming defensive line. Performed well last week once again against Chicago, but overall not very good. And the 49ers, you know that even though McKinnon and Wilson will be getting the bulk of the touches most likely for this start, uh, Shannon's easily a next guy up a pro, uh, a, you know, coach from the running back perspective because behind that insane offensive line, which has looked really good so far this season, and Trent Williams has fit in very nicely, uh... I simply think the 49ers are going to pound it down the Giants' throats, and I think the 49ers should rely on a ground-heavy attack, which you were hoping they would do all of last year, which ended up leading them to the Super Bowl. And they're going to get back to that recipe, and I think they will be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. And they'll probably rush for around, I'd say, potentially 200 yards. I think they're going to rush. I think they're going to have a very good game on the ground, a couple rushing touchdowns, and I think that Mullins could do a pretty good job in the play action, looking for some of his receivers. Kittle's going to be back. Ayuk uh, looked, I'd say, decently in his rookie appearance, but he does have game-breaker potential. So we'll see if the Giants' secondary can keep up with him. Uh, But for the sake of this matchup, I think both teams are going to struggle offensively as a whole. I think the Giants are going to struggle with turnovers. I think the 49ers will try to play time of possession, ball control offense, which they did all of last year, especially with the backup quarterback now. So I think that you'll see a lot of long drives for the 49ers, which should eat up a ton of clock. I think the Giants will be forced to play defense for long stretches before Daniel Jones comes in and potentially turns the ball over a couple times, and this Giants team hasn't scored more than 16 points in a single game, so I don't think they're going to score more than, I'd say, 17 points in this game. So for my prediction on this matchup, I think the 49ers are going to win, and I will go by the score of 23-17, to and I think that this game will be close and the Giants will be in it, but at the end of the day, I do think the 49ers will do enough on the ground in order to get the job done, and I think the 49ers should win by the score of 23 to 17 now uh since we don't really have much else to talk about on the podcast in terms of the actual game breakdown what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about briefly how the 49ers have looked so far in comparison to the rest of the nfc west because i'm sure even though one and one you know it's still very early in the season with all the injuries and stuff coming up uh for the future weeks etc especially with all these injuries that are going to be long lasting injuries Uh, You kind of talk about the 49ers, because they did add an extra playoff spot in both conferences, but it might look a little bit dicey. Uh, The question is, are the 49ers the worst team in the division right now? And the answer is, kind of a cop-out answer, maybe. Now, it is worth mentioning that every team in this division does have a point differential of at least plus 14, which is absolutely ridiculous, uh, considering the fact that, for example, the NFC East... All four teams have negative point differentials, and all four teams in the NFC West are positive 14 or higher, which is just absolutely nuts. It is a true testament to how the NFC West is clearly the most talented team, uh, division in the entire NFL. Are the 49ers the worst team in the division? Right now, probably. I know that people aren't going to be thrilled to hear that. If they were healthy, I would obviously say the 49ers are not the worst team in the division. But with all the injuries, uh, Garoppolo is probably going to be out a couple of weeks D is gonna be out a couple weeks, most likely. Uh, Mostert's gonna be out uh, probably for next week as well. Coleman's on IR, but then again, it's a running back thing, so that's not a big deal. Because Shanahan is a next man, uh, a next guy up uh, coach when it comes to the running back position. But at the end of the day, that Bosa injury is so brutal, and I know that Sherman's also on IR. He'll be coming back uh, next week, so that should definitely provide a spark to the secondary. Uh, but as a whole, that pass rush without Ford for a while, along with Bosa, Thomas has been kind of a bust ever since the 49ers drafted him, but still, that's, that's a bit of an issue uh, going forward, especially with the 49ers who have loved to pressure opposing quarterbacks and protect their own, which has kind of been their secret recipe to success over the past year. It might affect their identity a little bit uh, if they're not able to pressure the quarterback. Now, the Giants' offensive line is so bad that I do think the 49ers will generate pressure anyway. But moving forward, there definitely is a concern. Now, for next week, the 49ers are going to have a little bit of a harder matchup in comparison to the Giants, who are 0-2, as they end up taking on the 0-2 Philadelphia Eagles, who, even though they're 0-2, the Eagles should probably win this week against the Bengals, and they do have a lot of talent. That game will be a primetime game. Uh, so, we can look forward to talking about that. But overall, um, once again, I'm going to be taking the 49ers minus the 3.5, as well as the under 42 in the Sunday game against the Giants in week three. That's been the installment of uh, Benny Barra here with the uh, here with Believe. And once again, uh, I want to remind all of you if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, you can find me at Rice Show Radio on Twitter. Hope that you like and comment on whichever platform you're listening to this podcast. Other than that, though, good luck to all of you and your respect the best today. Bye, everyone.